0: This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut.
1: And good evening, everybody. Welcome into the high school football scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network for this final Friday night of the high school football season here in South Carolina. We started way back in August. What was it, about August 17th or so? Is that the first Friday night, August 17th? And every Friday night since we have been here for two hours. Typically, we have a ton of games to talk about. But tonight, well, two games today, one game yesterday and two tomorrow to wrap up the high school league season here in South Carolina. Don't forget, a week from tomorrow, we still have the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl in Myrtle Beach, which you can hear over many of these sports talk media affiliates around the state. And then the week after that, you have got the Shrine Bowl. So there's still more prep football to come in South Carolina this year. But right now we are watching the end of the Dutch Fork White Knoll game This is for the 5A championship. You've got seven and a half minutes to go. And Dutch Fork is leading 14 to 6th. And the Silver Foxes are trying to deliver perhaps the knockout punch here because they're inside the 10-yard line trying to score another touchdown. Their defense, we talk about defense, we talk about White Knoll's defense. The Dutch Fork defense has been outstanding. They have not allowed an offensive touchdown tonight. So welcome in David Shelton, who joins us from his castle in the Lowcountry. He was here earlier today to watch the first game of the day, and that was a blowout by Christchurch over Johnsonville, 67-21 for the 1A championship. And, of course, last night in the double-A championship, Oceanside Collegiate defeated Gray Collegiate 35-28. We'll talk about all that in a moment. But, David, how about this one? Give us your take on what Dutch Fork's been able to do. Uh, you, you did predict, A, Dutch Fork, B, a very low-scoring game. So far, both of those are coming true. So, obviously, nothing surprises you. But what about the play of the Dutch Fork defense to this point? I'd have
2: 100 total yards yet. Uh, and we're on halfway through the fourth quarter. And they, they, they are at about 85 yards, I think, the last time I checked, on 36 plays. So they're, they're averaging, you know, about two and a half yards of play. Uh, Dutch Fork's defense has been really good, if not for the bad mistake on the on the fourth down where they snapped the ball before the quarterback was ready and the ball rolled into the end zone and White Knoll fell on it. That's White Knoll's touchdown. Um, Dutch Fork has moved the ball pretty pretty well, I would think. You know, their first drive they got down there in field goal range and missed the field goal. Uh and in the second half they've they put two scores on the board and, and about to get a third it looks like or at least if they get if they get three out of this possession, it's gonna be really hard for, for White Knoll to come back and win this game.
1: Well they got more than three, they got it all, they got seven. And so with six oh three to play, Dutch Fork has gone on top of White Knoll twenty one to six. What have you seen from the Dutch Fork defense tonight that has made them so dominant? You mentioned 85 total yards to this point for White Knoll. What has made, in your opinion, the Dutch Fork defense so dominant tonight?
2: They're fast, man. They run. Oh, sophomore linebacker number 50. Um, oh, what's his name? Landon something. I can't remember what his name is. But mm-hmm. um, but he has played outstanding. They are they're, they've taken away the run for the most part, and they've kind of made white Knoll one-dimensional, and that's not white Knoll's game, even though their quarterback's a pretty good player. Um, they've been able to pressure him. But the thing is, man, they just tackle. I mean, they tackle. When they get to you, there's not a lot of extra yard, yak yards, as they call it. They hit you, and you go down. And, and that's, uh, that's what they've done, and, and that's what they do every year. They, they tackle. They're in the right spot. They don't give up the big play. Um, you know, White Knoll had an opportunity earlier in the third quarter. They threw a, they they got behind the defense, and the guy dropped it. Um, Dutch Fork in the first half got a wide open guy down the sideline, and, and the quarterback missed him. Um, so both teams had an opportunity to get it to get another touchdown, uh, but then it just settled in. And and you know, this is this is Tom Knox. I mean, this is this is what they do. They, this is, they they make you work for every yard you get,
1: and they put some points on the board, and that's how they win. And they've gotten some help tonight. You can't help a team like Dutch Fork and expect, expect to win. As you mentioned, the early misfortune for White Knoll where they had the bad snap. Quarterback wasn't uh, ready for the snap. The ball shoots by him. There's a fight for it. It goes into the end zone and Dutch Fork recovered it for No um, no no
2: no no. I've no, got the other happened. way around. Opposite. I'm sorry. I'm Opposite. sorry. I got the yeah, other way around. Yeah, that's the only score that White Knoll has.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think uh, on this last touchdown I think there was a turnover by White Knoll was there not that uh, or a bad yeah, that's how they – White Knoll's had a couple of bad punts that has given Dutch yeah. Fork short fields.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they and they missed an extra point. Um so it hadn't been a great night for special teams uh on on well, I, I, I guess you'd call that a defensive score, uh, because cause they were going that's what was going for it on fourth down when they when they snapped it bad, um, so, you know, it's been a it's been a rugged just what just what we thought just what uh, me and Lou Bajak and Chris Darren were all talking it's just it was just going to be a war, and it wasn't going to be a style points game it wasn't going to be like tomorrow's games might might have, you know, 60, 70 points scored. This one was, uh, you know, we said, I said on Sports Talk tonight, first one to 20, and and
1: Dutch Fork's at 21. And, you know, that pretty much means they're going to win. 21 to 6 is the score, Uh, 5.08 to go in the ball game. Give you some of the numbers. Uh, In terms of the total yardage to this point, Dutch Fork has 50 plays, 207 yards, White Knoll 37 plays for only 86 yards. Uh, Dutch Fork averaging over four yards per play. White Knoll uh, 2.3 yards per play. Um, only turnover was that one by Dutch Fork. And let's see here, as far as the individuals, John Hunt, the quarterback for Dutch Fork, 13 of 20, 135 yards, one interception. Trent Lodge has rushed for 58 yards on 10 carries. Leighton Schuler has two cat, uh, catches for 42 yards. These are all leaders for Dutch Fork. So 21-6, to Dutch Fork looking to win another state championship. And, I mean, David, in September, how unlikely did that seem with the way things were going for them, the, the injury situation as well? I mean, it seemed like a very long shot for them to be in position to win a state championship back in September.
2: Yeah, it did because a tough early schedule. Uh, very very competitive very tough early schedule coupled with the injuries you know and they got off to that 1 and 3 start in the I think 2 and 5 or whatever it was um then they started getting healthy then they got into region play after they lost to White Knoll they they started in region play with Lexington with, you know taping they they did what they were supposed to do um and then I mean we forget they you know they're about to win a state championship but these guys went to T.L. Hanna at T.L. Hanna and beat T.L. Hanna um, in the second round of the playoffs, and then they beat Gaffney at you know at home, and then they they kicked a field goal basically with one second left to beat J.L. Man. So you look at the last three teams. Well, you add this one in four. Uh, they beat. They beat a uh, Hannah team that had one loss when they beat them. They beat Gaffney that had two losses when they beat them. They beat uh, J.O. Mann that had one loss when they beat them, and they're about to beat an undefeated White Knoll. So, it's not like they they got an easy bracket. Uh, they they have definitely, most definitely,
1: earned uh, this championship, uh, especially in the playoffs. They are running the clock, twenty-one to six, Dutch Fork. Leading with 4.20 to go, White Knoll has the football. I mean, they're not out of it yet. It'll take a, a minor miracle here. It's certainly within the realm of possibility. But they are down 21-6, and their offense has not showed tonight that they can do much with that Dutch Fork uh, defense. Again, the only uh, touchdown for White Knoll coming on a bad snap by the Dutch Fork quarterback that was battled for and rolled into the end zone, and you White know, Knoll recovered that.
2: And if somehow they could score, you know, it's a two-score game, so they need to score with some time on the clock and maybe get a, an onside kick. But um, you, you just don't expect that with what we've seen so far offensively. You just don't expect that they're going to be able to go the length of the field uh, twice to uh, to score two touchdowns.
1: All right. Earlier today, David, quite the opposite. We had uh, an offensive showcase by a Christchurch I mean they just totally destroyed Johnsonville 67 to 21 was the final score Christchurch had 20 points on the board within four minutes they recovered a fumble on the first play of the game by Johnsonville they scored on a pass two plays later they had a run uh, broke off a run 52 yards by reader for a touchdown they returned a punt a good distance about 60 yards for a touchdown and they never let up. They kept piling it on, piling it on, and they win it sixty seven to twenty one. That's the seventh state championship for Christchurch, the second under Quinn Hatfield. What about their performance uh, across the board? Uh they just totally outclassed Johnsonville today.
2: Yeah, I mean they, they were the better team. It didn't Johnsonville's start didn't help. Uh fumbling on the first play and, and giving up three touchdowns on like four plays, four or five plays. Um there's there the way Johnsonville's built offensively. You know, to get down three scores that quick against a team like Christchurch, it just you know it was over at that point. It was just a matter of what the final score was going to be. And and as I said on Sports Talk tonight, uh, you know Johnsonville doesn't see what they saw today very often with that offense with that type of offense. Um, you know, in the in the one A P D area. A lot of teams don't run the spread and if they do, they don't have as much success as as Christchurch does. I mean that that was a very impressive offensive performance tonight by Christchurch or today.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, more athletic, uh faster at, at every point. Um I thought at times the Johnsonville just watching him now just seemed to me, of course, they missed a lot of tackles, maybe because that's the athleticism of Christchurch. I, I thought there was a little give-up at times on some plays as things were breaking down for Johnsonville. Uh, and then we had the most unusual play with Christchurch, of course, uh, well in control of the ball game, and they broke off a play, and their receiver is a long play. Their receiver, uh, this would have been, I guess, kind of late in the ball game, and the receiver – running free after breaking a tackle or two and and nobody really making a run at him. And he he crosses the 10-yard line. He starts slowing down, David, and he stops at the one-yard line. And I thought he was just stopping to let the clock run down some more. Nobody was near him. There wasn't a Johnsonville player that I could see chasing him. And after a few seconds, you know, he, he, he turned and looked back down the field And then after a few seconds, he finally stepped across the goal line for the touchdown. I don't know. I think some people, was he flagged for taunting? Some people thought it was taunting. I thought he was just stopping to let the clock run uh, more before he stepped. No, I think
2: think it was a little bit of of taunting showmanship type thing. Um, uh, I can't remember if they flagged him or not, but uh, there was some talk about it. And, And then, you know, the fourth quarter got very, very chippy uh several personal foul penalties on both teams. Um, Johnsonville playing with a little uh emotion, got you know, got a little angry and then they, they didn't shake hands after the game because which was probably a good idea. Um, you know, uh Johnsonville coach waved off the handshaking thing because I I there there could have been a problem. There was a lot I was down on the field late and there was a lot of smack and talk. Smack talking and, and, you know, I don't want to say cheap shots, but playing through the whistle, after the whistle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 you know, but but you got to, I mean, you got to understand Johnsonville took a beating last year from these same guys.
1: And then, you know, to give up 67 points a day, is, is, you know, you get your yep. feelings hurt. So, Dutch Fork's going to win, 21-6. to Clock is running out. What's funny here and interesting, however you want to put it, one, uh, one of the players for uh, Dutch Fork, a uh, tight end named Pelham, he's the son of the White Knoll head coach. So, uh, interesting uh, family uh, dynamics there. But Tom Knotts wins another one, David, 21-6. to 6. Clock is running down now, 2-1 and it's over 21 to 6 dutch fork wins it boy how sweet is this championship you think in his mind
2: it's got to be one of the one of the most special i mean you know when he was in north carolina he had this huge long winning streak one i don't know 8 or 9 10 11 titles whatever it was uh, this one's got to mean got to bring right up there with the uh, with the best that he uh, the most satisfying um, to be where they were and uh, to lose quarterback after quarterback, and one come back, the other one get hurt, and then the other one gets hurt, and then one comes back. And and then, like I said, the, the, the road in the playoffs was – I mean, that was a heck of a – that's a heck of a playoff run to beat those teams.
1: He's shaking hands right now with everybody. He just shook hands with uh, Nick Pelham from uh, White Knoll, his former assistant coach. It's very quick, you know, you – I don't want to judge anything. I know they're they're really tight, really close. No stop, no ex, extended exchange of a hug or anything like that, just a quick handshake. They keep on moving. I guess they'll catch up at some point. Personalities, man, yeah. you look at personalities, and um, I'm sure that they'll catch up at some point in time. But great win for Dutch Fork. So Dutch Fork is your 5A state champion. Uh, they win it 21-6, to outscoring White Knoll in the second half. 21 to nothing. Let's go to the break, and David will come back and talk about last night's Oceanside Collegiate and Gray Collegiate game won by the O 35 28. But there was a subplot to this game, which even continues today, that we've got to talk about and address. We'll do that. Scott Early, Executive Director of South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association, former head coach at Westside, he'll join us. At uh, the bottom of the hour, and we got a bunch more, so don't go away. Back with you, Founders Federal High School School Board.
3: Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured, not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value.
5: Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com.
6: Call me. Alex Satterfield at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs.
1: All right, Dutch Fork wins another state championship. They defeat White Knoll tonight. That game just wrapped up, 21-6, to Dutch Fork over White Knoll. David, let's go to last night. Great game. 35-28, been the best game of the championships thus far, Oceanside and Gray. And, you know, look, two charter schools. Some were having fun calling it the charter school championship. Two evenly matched teams, and it came down to the last two possessions. Oceanside knocked it in for a touchdown to go up. Gray Collegiate came down the field, could not knock it in. And thus, Oceanside wins it. What about that game? What'd you take away from that game?
2: Yeah, well, uh, it was a it was a pretty exciting game, that's for sure. Uh, A couple things I take away: Gray had a fourteen nothing lead in the first quarter. Um, Any other team that on their schedule that they get a fourteen point lead, they probably end up winning by fifty. But Oceanside calmed the storm. Got it to 14-7 by halftime, and then had a and scored like three times in the third quarter. Um, they got the passing game going. Great collegiate. Really didn't make a lot of adjustments defensively to stop that passing attack, and and that little freshman quarterback uh, just just tore him up. I mean, 367 yards for a for a 14-year-old freshman in a state championship game is pretty impressive. So. Uh, and then, and then on the flip side, you know, Gray's offense has been highly explosive, a lot of yards, a lot of points, two hundred sixty-eight yards. So you got to credit, you got to credit the Oceanside defense um, for, you know, really shutting down that offense. I mean, Gray made some plays, but one of Gray's touchdowns was after they hit the quarterback and he fumbled and they ran it back to the four. Uh, so they had a four-yard drive. So other than that. Uh, you know, they, you got to credit Oceanside's defense because Great Collegiate's been rolling up huge numbers on everybody
1: uh, in state. You know, so uh, that's a very impressive win for Oceanside. The side story involved one of the starting offensive and defensive linemen for Oceanside named Ben Britton, somebody who has committed to the West Point Academy, or to West Point Academy, to West Point, to the Army, whatever. And he – Yesterday, uh, prior to coming to Orangeburg, uh, posted on his social media uh, some things that um, were not good related to killing war eagles and firing a gun and all this sort of stuff. Long story short, that information got back to the police here, and they stopped him. He was in the stadium at one point. I guess they must have escorted him out, but he he was not allowed to be in uniform, was not allowed to play. And then today, we see where he's been uh, removed from the roster for the Touchstone Energy Bowl. They're saying injury-related. But from an ocean, from an Oceanside standpoint, they've managed to work around it. But this was a, a really delicate situation uh, prior to the game, and you hope that uh, the young man's learned a lesson from all of this. You can't post something, even if you – had a totally different intent and it was more sporting in mind and I don't think anybody took him literally right you got to keep it in perspective I don't think no, anybody took him literally not. but this I don't day think anybody age,
2: thought he was going walk to the walk to the 50 yard line with an AR15 but, right, yeah but the, the, the thing is it's in this climate on a college campus when you use the word kill and gun in the same sentence, that's going to raise concern and what I was told, Someone from Gray called the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Department who called the South Carolina State Campus Security, and that's where they said, hey, you know, we can't take a chance that this kid's a psycho. Hmm. And so so they did the right thing. Um, South Carolina State did. Hmm. I talked with Chad Wilkes today, and, and Ben was extremely sorry. Uh, he has... Uh, he knows what he did was stupid. Uh, Chad Wilkes, the coach, said it was stupid. It was not meant the way it was taken, but it was stupid. Uh, and so you learn a lesson. And, you know, he'll still play at Army. I think uh, they, they he had a conversation with the head coach. He's going to have to write an apology letter of some sort or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he won't lose his opportunity to play at Army. And he backed out of the North-South game on wednesday because he had been playing with
1: a injured wrist the whole season all right hold on and just felt like all right i'm glad you're telling us all that we'll let you finish up after the break be back in just a moment Welcome back in everybody. High School Football Scoreboard. School brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union on this Friday night's final Friday night of the high school football season as far as the championships are concerned and the high school league is concerned. A week from tomorrow is the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl in Myrtle Beach. High noon will be the airtime kickoff at twelve thirty. And of course at halftime we'll have the announcement of Mr. Football in South Carolina. This one's a real mystery. I'm not sure anybody has a real feel for who that's going to be. Looking forward to having that broadcast for you. And then the next week, it's the Shrine Bowl up in Spartanburg. If you're just joining us tonight, well, Dutch Fork wins another championship, defeating White Knoll 21-6 to in 5A. In 1A, Christchurch over Johnsonville, 67-21. And last night in 2A, Oceanside Collegiate defeated Gray Collegiate, 35-28. There are two more games tomorrow. The 4A contest, that will be kicking off at noon tomorrow, followed by the 3A contest to wrap things up tomorrow night, kicking off at 7. We, David Shelton is with us. J.P. Barry, back at our studio, we come to you from South Carolina State, and we welcome in the director of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association, a man who is used to uh, playing in championship games and playing in big games this time of the year, but now he's put the whistle aside and he's handling other important duties. We welcome Coach Scott Early into the high school scoreboard. Coach, welcome. How are you? JP, do we have Coach with us? Okay. Go through all that, and we don't have Coach with us. Okay, he'll be with us in just a second. David, are you still with us? Okay, sounds like the phones have dropped on us. So I'll tell you that in basketball tonight, South Carolina, hear I hear you now. Okay. Yeah, You're I'm with here. us. Good. Good. Uh, let's get Coach back on the line, JP. South Carolina beat George Washington to get to 7-0 and tonight. Best start for them since their final four season of 2017, 89-67. The final, and the Gamecocks had a school record, 18 three-pointers tonight. And Michi Johnson remains on fire. He had 24 points tonight, five three-pointers. So, impressive. A team that beat the Gamecocks by plus 20 Last year, Gamecocks turned it around and put a whipping on GW, eighty-nine, sixty-seven. Okay, let's try it again as we welcome in Coach Scott Early to the high school scoreboard. Coach, good evening. How are you?
7: I'm great, Phil. hope you are.
1: We are. I'm better now that we've got you on the air. I know you were here watching some of the high school football. Give us your take on the two days of the high school football championship games thus far, this setting at South Carolina State, and what you saw.
7: Well, you know, I think last night uh, was an out of I mean, Oceanside did a great job with their curl flat concepts and screens and come out with a win. And you know, then today, Christchurch and Johnsonville was a little bit of a maybe a disappointment, but you know. And then tonight, uh, Tommy Knox wins number sixteen, eight in North Carolina, eight in South Carolina. So nobody can say he's not the goat of high school football. Woo! Um, resilient and. You know, started off two and five, and to come back and win it against one of his proteges was really, really cool to watch. So, you know, just looking forward to tomorrow, and hope hopefully the rain will hold off because yeah. the the rounds are playing at twelve.
1: So, well, you you normally have a little bit of influence on that with uh, some of your weather people.
7: Well, you know, Ed Piestrowski is the goat of weather, but you know, it's it's uh you know, he's at the beach, and a lot of people don't get to see him or hear him, but he's, he's, he's the best meteorologist
1: ever. <laughs> okay, but can he control the weather for you? That's the question. Well,
7: I just remember a time when I was coaching high school football in Myrtle Beach, and I would call him, and he would say, well, Coach, it's going to rain at 1032, and I would get on the bus and
1: see the raindrops falling. So he's amazing in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he is. So, the the uh, high school season coming to a close with these state championship games here at South Carolina State. What do you think about the way things have been handled here at State? I mean, it's still a it's a central location. Uh, stadium is smaller, but, it you know, like tonight, White Knoll brought a very big crowd and filled up pretty much uh, one side of the stadium. And it seems like this facility is the appropriate size for what you want to do here with state championships.
7: It is. I mean, you, you don't want to rattle around and you want to, you know, have a fan friendly atmosphere. And I think that Dr. Singleton and the high, and high school league's done a great job of bringing the championship to Sacramento state. And I think in the future we have marketability where, you know, people are going to want this, you know, at their place and, you know, Competitive competition is great, but I think this year at South Carolina State, they've been wonderful hosts, and it's been a tremendous event, and I'm sure it'll finish up great tomorrow.
1: Do you, in your new position with the association, do you want to, on a regular basis, bid this thing out and possibly move it around the state?
7: Well, that's sort of, you know, out of my lane. I try not to get out of my lane. That's that's a high school league thing, but I think that, you know, the good thing about Dr. Singles in the high school league is they do take input, and I think, you know, the sky's the limit from, you know, Clemson to Carolina to maybe even Harry Perone stadium at Spring Valley. So I think that this, the shared revenue aspect will be huge in the future, and, you know, the, at the end of the day, you, you want the schools to retain some financial revenue that can help grow their entire athletic program.
1: Talking with Scott Early, director of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association. Of course, the uh, hot topic away from on-the-field activities all year long was this debate over charter schools, private schools versus high school league schools, public schools. And we've come to a a, a, a remedy, I guess, with the multiplier. Um, Are you satisfied from where you sit that this is a good idea and this is going to resolve the the questions, the debates, the issues? Well, I think it's a start. I think,
7: you know, first of all, you got to take a step forward, and I think the high school league did. And I think that, you know, that, that levels the playing field not only for charter schools but also for public schools. So I think it's a start. I think there's a lot left to do. But this is a moving target, and, you know, our – constituents need to be patient, and I think we're moving in the right direction where we can have, you know, a level playing field when it comes to competitive competition,
1: yes. Was the multiplier, in your opinion, look looked like they were kind of going back and forth over two options. One was pretty simple, the multiplier. The other one seemed really complicated. Um, you think this was the better of the two options? I, I do feel, and I think that, You know,
7: I mean, being able to travel across the country and see what other states do in my, you know, tenure, I I think that it's – I think what Georgia did is really, really good, and I think we sort of followed that. And I think it's – I think it has an open end for improvement, but I think that at least we have started the ball rolling in the right direction. And I think there's a bright future into – Competitive competition and the the charters, you know, have not said a word, and I think they wanna they wanna play great competition, and um, I think that can help a lot of people, especially at the one and two A level.
1: Do you foresee a day? And I know there's a new charter school coming up in the Clemson area, and they're building them all over the place, so it seems. Do you foresee a day where the charter schools have like their own? division, their own league, their own championship to their own? I feel I don't.
7: I I think that there's a way to put private, charter, parochial, public all together if if we could just get people to put down their in common differences with one another and come together for a greater cause, which is the kids that play interscholastic athletics in the state of South Carolina. David
1: Shelton. I know you got questions for the coach.
7: Well, no, no, not
2: really. I was just listening to what he was saying, and I kind of agree with about everything you said. I thought the multiplier was, was, was a good start and the best option available at this time. I think as you see more and more schools crop up uh, of the charter type, um, you'll see some movement and some ideas. I think, you know, you may end up seeing – 6A or you may end up seeing 5A split into two groups it just it's going to be the numbers are going to be what we have to wait for we have to wait for all the numbers to be crunched and find out who's going to go where and who's going to go up and who's going to come down and then and then you 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 got two years of realignment and you do it and then you make the adjustment the one thing and, I, and Scott may not want to talk about this because he's, in a, he's in, a, in a position where he has to be careful what he says, but I'm not. Hmm. Um, I, I do not in any way favor the South Carolina state legislature being involved in the governing of high school athletics in South Carolina. They got enough problems on their plate. I don't need them scheduling uh, officials for Hannah Pamplico's softball games. Uh, we, we need to keep them in their lane. As Scott says, he stays in his lane. The legislature needs to stay in their lane. And the, and the high school league schools, I'm not talking about the body in Columbia. Together, the schools have to work this out as a body. And that's, you know, Scott represents the coaches. He doesn't represent individual schools. But he can have an impact with his influence, and, and just talking to coaches and then helping the high school league understand what's the best way to go. So I think this is a good start. I mean, I really do. Um, I mean, you, I've, I've said on the scoreboard show, I, I really never got involved in the competitive balance thing. I think, you know, you line up, you play. If you get beat, you get beat. Um, but everybody else thinks that there's a problem. So this is the, this is the first step in fixing it. Coach, your thoughts.
7: Well, let me first say, David, um, I know you've carefully watched what we've done with coaches versus OVOs, and I love the, your story, and I think that we've made a bigger impact in that area than any state in the country, so I appreciate your passion for that. Um, now, as we talk about competitive ballots and all these things that are ahead, um you know, I, I think that, the, you know, I think that Dr. Singleton, the high school league, uh, the executive committee, and the legislators are beginning to work together uh, on a common goal that will benefit all our athletes in South Carolina. And I think that this is the, monumental. It's, it's, it's the first time I've seen this happen. And I think there's really, really good things ahead. And um, I, can't, I can't speak to specifics of that, but I can tell you that I believe that the future of athletics in South Carolina is bright. And if people would just be patient and let us work through the, uh, not only the legislative assembly, but just, just, just work through passion for children. And I think at the end we'll have a good product, but I know, but I know people, are impatient and, and frustrated and confused, but but you know we're in a different time, a different society, and I think we've got some people in in leadership positions that understand that. And if people would just be patient, we're going to come up with a really good solution that everybody would be pleased and happy with.
1: Visiting with Scott Early here on the high school scoreboard, going to run to the break, and coach, hang in there with us for a few more minutes. Want to talk about. Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl coming up next week in Myrtle Beach. Many of the top players in the state will be heading down there, and you got a bunch of activities lined up uh, prior to the game and as part of the game itself. So we'll talk with you about that. Uh, and then after 11 o'clock, hear from some of these coaches winning championships and some of the reporters who are here as well. Be back after this break.
3: Investing can be like a puzzle. There's so many pieces to consider and it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. Call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step toward reaching your financial goals. Security software offered through LPL Financial.
0: Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer
4: Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today.
0: Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511
4: St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina.
0: Daddy, you need a
8: trust.
0: It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
9: Farm Bureau Insurance's agriculture roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges in Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs.
1: Back when you're on the high school football scoreboard. It is a big night for Dutch Fork. They've won the 5A state championship. Big day for Christchurch. They won the 1A championship and a big night last night for Oceanside Collegiate. They won the 2A championship. Visiting with Scott Early here for a few more minutes. By the way, before we talk about Saturday, of course, your old school, Westside, uh, playing tomorrow for the 4A championship against South Florence. Of course, what I heard was all it took was for Coach Early to retire for Westside to get to the championship game. Hello. Um, But – no, you you laid you, you laid the, the groundwork. groundwork. You did the rec- Not, well, I almost said you did the recruiting. You laid the groundwork.
7: Yeah, I'll no. <laughs> <laughs> You're but trying to set me up.
1: No, I nah, know. I'm picking. I'm picking. But what a job! What a job, Coach Lane has done there this year.
7: It's 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 incredible. You know, it's kind of like handing the keys to Mickey Wilson and Myrtle Beach and mm. Justin Gentry, Stephen and Josh Steph and Lexington and. You know, we just we just try to build them to last, and I'm proud of Brian and, and all the Rams. And, you know, I, I'd like to do a couple more, but, you know, if I didn't take this job, it wouldn't come up again for 20 years. So I'm very comfortable and can't wait to be there tomorrow to support the Rams, hopefully in a, in a state championship win.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't really – I guess they let you – even though you represent all schools and all coaches, I guess they're going to – give you a pass and let you root for Westside.
7: Well, I'll be neutral uh you know in 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 politically <laughs> rec arenas, but I, in my heart um yes, I hope I hope the Rams can finish this off.
1: <laughs> Let's so talk about be the
7: first state championship for them since nineteen sixty nine. And that, And segregation happened in seventy. So it's it's a big deal. It is.
1: Let's talk about the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl coming up a week from Saturday. Got a busy week planned next week. Just give us the uh, the overview about uh, everything that's going to be happening and maybe some some new wrinkles you're adding this year.
7: Well, the overview is, you know, we couldn't do what we do without our title sponsor, Touchstone Energy. They're, they're amazing, and we've got so many people, you know, BSN Booster Sports, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do a NASCAR interview, but we we we've got so many people that help us, and we put a great team together, and it, it just continues to grow. You know, and this year we've got some new wrinkles. Uh, we're 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 going back to top Golf and we've got some. You know, it's 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 like a bowl type experience, Phil, and it's it's incredible. And shortening the week, you know, people were reluctant. Now they're used to it. Um, but we can't wait to to get our 88 players down to the beach on Tuesday and begin to practice and, and put together this, you know, schematic fun time to to play a great game, but also have a great experience. So, and I I would be remiss not to say that um, I've been with this game for 23 years and this year I will be turning the game over to Neil Smith. And I just appreciate what, what you have done for us over the years. I mean, you've been a steady standby and done a great job and, and, and felt important about this game, and um, I just appreciate everything you do for not only high school football, but for, for Touchstone Energy Bowl, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing you next week and, and, and uh, maybe doing a little sideline reporting, and um, it's always a fun, festive time, and looks like the weather's going to be good, and you know, we just we're just looking forward to a great week in Myrtle Beach, where stars shine brighter at the beach.
1: So much fun, and yes, you are without doubt next to Aaron Andrews, uh, America's number one sideline reporter in football. Uh, well, not she, so... she's better looking
7: for me than me, well, but I have—I think I have a better voice. Do you? I mean, is that just? Well, I think you
1: the... have deeper knowledge and context about what's going on out there too. I mean, that's you a
7: great—that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and of course, uh, one of the big events is Thursday. I know that's something near and dear to your heart. Uh, what goes down on Thursday at the uh, Target in Myrtle Beach?
7: Well, we've, we've actually switched some things around. And, you know, Brandon Fry, who played for me at Myrtle Beach, who played at Virginia Tech and played in the NFL for quite a while, started this and uh, Touchstone Energy has picked it up. And we're going we're to take 44 underprivileged kids shopping at Target, $150 a piece, and we're going to pair them up with our players. It's a great, great moment. It's the highlight of the week. And then we've moved um, – we've got the, um, the Joanne Lankford Showcase on Friday night, which is which has turned into an incredible event. And next year we're actually including North Carolina and Georgia. So we'll have the top 75 for North Carolina, the top 75 in Georgia, and the top 75 for South Carolina, all in the same place. So we kindly moved the uh, top golf to Thursday, and now we have the um, Joanne Lankford, which was uh, my secretary at Myrtle Beach that passed away, showcase on Friday. It turned into a great event. Neil Smith does a great job with it. And then on you know Saturday we'll we'll play the game, and it's just it's just growing. It's just growing and getting better and better and better. And we've put together a great team of people that are passionate and care about this game and the and the kids in South Carolina. And, you know, with your help, you know, and everybody else's help, we can – hopefully we can pull off of the best event ever. We just try to make it better each year.
1: Yeah, you've done that. <clears throat> and I know you're working on some other big plans, too, to come hopefully in the near future. Uh, thank you for joining us. I know that you just drove home and you're turning around and driving back tomorrow. So, safe travels. Look forward to seeing you down at the beach. Uh, Get that voice in shape for, um, you know, uh, your fans uh, waiting uh, a week from Saturday to hear your your tones across the state. Uh, And we look forward to having a good broadcast and a great time down there next week. Thank you so much.
7: Well, thank you for all you do for us and the loyalty over the years. And I can't wait to see you. And I know it's going to be a good broadcast, and selfishly, You know, I know I'm in a different role now, but I do think I do the best last-second Mr. Football interview in history, so hopefully you can include me on that because that's that's really important to me, and I really appreciate what sports talk you do for our game and our athletes in this state.
1: Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. See you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Scott Early, looking forward to being with him next week, and he's doing a terrific job. Stepping in and uh, taking over as the director of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association, following in, the, following in the footsteps of Keith Richardson and Shel Dula. Big footsteps those are. Top of the hour break.
0: This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. All right, welcome back, everybody.
1: It's the high school football scoreboard across the state here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Welcome back in. Appreciate Coach Scott Early being with us as long as he was. If you are not aware of what's happened so far in the state championship games, Dutch Fork beat White Knoll tonight, 21-6. We'll hear from Coach Tom Knotts coming up a little bit later on. Also today in the 1A championship game, Christchurch, a 67-21 winner over Johnsonville in a rematch of last year's championship game, also won by Christchurch. And then last night in the two-way championship game, Oceanside Collegiate was a 35-28 winner over Gray Collegiate. So David Shelton is with us. We just wrapped up a conversation with Scott early. So, David, what would you take away from what Scott had to say about uh, things uh, involving the current state of high school football affairs in South Carolina, plus looking ahead to what he has in the works for the week of the Touchstone Energy Bowl next week in Myrtle Beach.
2: Well, I, I won't go through again the the other stuff, but the stuff about the North South, uh, you know, they they have the one thing they've continuously done is is from year to year they've always tried to make it better. As opposed to maybe the Shrine Bowl, which kind of flatlined, and it's the same thing, and they don't really improve it, and they can't find a home, you know, blah blah blah, all the stuff that they they've been through. Um, so I think I think credit goes to Scott and to the the people that run that game, is they're always looking to do better, to make it better, not not only for the fans, but for the players that they choose to play in it. Now, I, I, I mean, I've said this for years. I have problems with the player selection process and, and, you know, they leave a lot of good kids out. It could be, a, it could be a bigger and better game. If all the best players were there, um, you know, but, but they take some from every region and every classification. Now, okay, that, that's their rules and that's fine. But, but what they do during the week for those kids, they make it an event. Uh, it is like kind of like a bowl, a bowl week. Of, you know, when teams go to bowl destinations, They, you know they go top golf or, or race car driving or whatever it is, wherever they're at. Um, so I think they've always done a, a good job of trying to not just sit on their laurels and say, "Yeah, we got a great game. Let's just keep doing it the same way." They're they're trying to create more interest for the players. Um, this this junior, the Joanne Langford thing, the junior thing on Friday night. That's that's a cool thing for a lot of football players. Um, you know, some that some that will benefit from that, and some that will probably hurt themselves from that uh, because they'll find out they're not as good as they think they are. But but it will be a great exposure event. For those kids, and they do some other things during the week, um, with with uh, recruiting. Uh, don't they have a recruiting? Uh, what I don't is it a recruiting
1: fair? Is that like a recruiting fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where, like a where, they, fair.
2: where they allow coaches to set up stuff for height for college coaches to come and watch film or or get information on players. You know, so what the North South is, it, it truly is about the student athlete, and that is a good thing. No matter whatever you know whatever issues you know some of us have with player selection and all that, it is about the student
1: athletes, and they do a good job with that. All right, let's uh, go to the phones because we've got a very happy coach. Usually coaches might not be happy getting a phone call after eleven o'clock on a Friday night, but I think tonight some coaches would be more than happy to talk to us, including Coach Quinn Hatfield, head coach at Christ Church because he left Columbia today. I'm sorry, Orangeburg. He left Orangeburg today with another state championship trophy, taking that back up to Greenville. And he joins us for a couple of minutes to reflect. Coach, thank you so much. Congratulations. Appreciate you joining us. How you feeling tonight? Oh, man, I feel great. Appreciate you all having me. Well, now, you, you don't sound the same way you did right after the game. I mean, are you, like, zonked? Are you wore out? <laughs>
10: Yeah, man, it's um, it was a fun day, and um, God, man, we we celebrated, and just got home a little while ago, and um, just sitting here uploading the film, man. Uh, we're still gonna watch it tonight. <laughs>
1: hey, man, sweet dreams with that, right? What? Big play galore today for you. At one time you guys were averaging over fourteen yards a snap. You ended up averaging ten and a half yards per snap. Uh, I know you you love a big play offense. Sixty seven points. Uh you didn't have a lot of snaps, but you made the most of it with four hundred and twenty nine yards.
10: Yeah, um, you know, we've 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 grown a lot. Um, throughout the season offensively with the development of our quarterback. We have very seasoned offensive line coming back. And, um, you know, run game has been strong with our running back. And, and the development of our overall receiving core just made us a very balanced attack. And we've got a lot of weapons. Our quarterback settled in. And, um, you know, when he'll stack the box and blitz like that, then uh, we're going to make it pay for it over the top. And um, our guys executed, really proud of him.
1: The the first four minutes, you scored twenty points. You got the turnover, quick score. You got another score on a big play. You got a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, give anybody a twenty to nothing lead that early, uh, and as good as you guys are, it's pretty much Katie bar the door.
10: Yeah, you know we wanted a, a fast start, and um, you know if we wanted to toss, which we did, we wanted to defer. Felt like our defense could set a tone, and um, they caused a turnover, and then we you know hit one. Over the top, um, Big Jude Hall made a play and, um, and made a stop and got it going, and then the special teams play. And I tell you, our guys, we've really done a really good job over the last few years of getting guys to take pride in special teams. And uh, Had a couple of times on that punt return where a couple of guys, you know, early in the year would have gotten that pill, that block and, and would have been a penalty, but they, they hesitated and they're just playing smarter. And so, um, you know, it's got a lot of guys that can make plays. It's fun to watch.
1: David Shelton,
10: you got questions for the coach?
2: I just wanted to say, and I tweeted this out earlier. You and I talked Sunday night, uh, last Sunday night, about you know your team. You were telling me you know about your players, and and you talked about Jackson Rep, you know who's like a mighty mouth. And you know, I looked at his stats, and I was just amazed. Well, today uh, he became my favorite player because <laughs> the stuff that he does. Uh, in the kicking game in the receiving game you know he threw a two-point conversion you know pass i mean it's it, so he's your holder um you know i know you have a lot of good guys on your team your linebacker good was really good today and your quarterback was tough as nails but that little jackson rep man he he is everything you told me on sunday he was everything that you said he was hmm
10: Special player, you know he's 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 a great great kid. Uh, works hard and 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 he is special with his ability to, to shift and move. He's got great ball skills and you know tremendous speed and explosion. And you know I um you know for for college um somebody needs to get on this kid. You know they're gonna look at him and say, well if he were two inches taller we'd offer him. And that's a that just fires me up so much, man. Y'all gonna get me fired up here after eleven o'clock. <laughs> you know, but somebody's gonna give him a shot. And, and, and they're gonna, everybody else going to be like, God, how did we miss that kid? We're telling you right here, he, he's special, and y'all, y'all saw it today.
1: So, that's seven state championships for the school, going back to the late 70s, uh, second under you, uh, things are possibly, well, not possibly, likely, will be different in terms of the setting next year, I know you want to celebrate this, not even think about that, but at some point you're going to have to think about that. What about your new setting for next year and the competitive uh, situation, The more, com- perhaps the more competitive situation, I should put it that way, the more competitive situation you may face w- a week in and week out?
10: Yeah, um, it, we'll, we'll see where we land. Yeah. Um, You know, and and a lot of things will play out between now and I guess later on in December and and January to wash out. You know, we got a competitive group of guys, and you know we'll we'll compete wherever they put us. You know, I think that what people need to realize though is we got 27, 28 guys on our roster. Now we have more than that tonight because we brought JV guys up for the playoffs, and you know, and and you know, 3A teams. What is their average roster? 45, 50 players. Uh, but if that's where we're going to go and they think that's competitive balance and that, that's fine, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we got to do. But, you know, everybody wants to talk about all of that, but people don't want to talk about how our guys prepare, how they play, how we scheme it up. And, and, and that's what, that's what wins games. You know, that, that's the real deal right there.
1: We congratulate you once again, a phenomenal performance by your team today. No, can't take a thing away from you. Just a terrific performance. Congratulations. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. we, Appreciate you taking time out to be with us tonight. We'll see you again soon.
10: Hey, appreciate y'all.
1: Go Cavs. There you go. He was starting to get fired up again, too. Uh, Quinn Hatfield, head coach at uh, Christ Church. Uh, David, that's – I mean, look, they've they've been a power program uh, for a lot of years. Uh, Coach Frost, of course, had a great run there. And now Coach Hatfield's come in there and um, re-energized and put them back on top. Here's the question. And Chris Deering has now joined us from a Prep Red Zone, South Carolina, uh, after covering the game, the 5A game. I mean, he just mentioned, you know, they get moved up to 3A. They've got a roster. They dressed 30 guys. Other teams in 3A, they're going to dress, you know, 40-plus. So are people going to finally is, is it get your pound of flesh? Is that what people are looking for here? They want, they want payback? on these schools oh, yeah, I th- with this new multiplier? Yeah.
2: I, I think that's part of the issue. Um, you know, and, and, but what you have to understand, and listen, I, again, I think the multiplier is a good thing. I think it will work in the end. But what if we're doing this for competitive balance, how is this helping the competition level of Christchurch, who dressed 27 players and might have to play 3A? It go. It's flipping it. It's now taking you know everybody's and and and, and it might not be Christchurch. It could be you know Oceanside or, or Gray or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just we're just talking about Christchurch because they played today. But it's going to flip the process to where now okay we we want to help the Class A and the and the Double A schools, but we're going to hurt. The small class A schools that we're going to bump them up to classification. Um, so it's got to work itself out. I think, I think again, I think you'll have two years. If once we get it all settled, you'll have two years of this and then you got to revisit it because I'm telling you right now down in Charleston. If it's academic magnet, which has a student body of which 90% of their kids are out of zone. Because of the type of school they are, and they're one of the top high schools in America, mm. uh, uh, you know, for for that school to have to go to 4A is not helping competitive balance issues. That is not a good thing. Now they will probably wherever they get seated, they will probably appeal that before the executive committee, and the executive committee might say, yeah, you know, you know, magnet has a hard time competing in 2A what in the world are we going to do to these kids? You're gonna What you're going to end up doing is kids are going to turn away from athletics at, at, at a school like I give them a magnet because they're there for one reason. They want to go to an Ivy League school or, or you know, Duke Law or, or Duke Medicine. You know, they, they're there for an education. But if they got to go play football in 4A, I mean, they, they won like – I don't think they might have won one game this year. They're, those kids will quit. I mean and then what then what are we doing? So we're you know, you gotta be you gotta be fair and balanced and I think it's really gonna take two years to kinda kinda figure all that stuff out.
1: Chris Deering, your thoughts.
8: Well, I think what David just said is very valid. Um I, I've told people all along is this is not the end of it. What we see in, in 2023, 2024 um you you gotta you gotta make a decision on what direction you wanna go the the landscape and high school athletics in this state is changing uh It's gonna be changing i think over the next two, four, six years, eight years even um and, and where it ends up, I don't think anybody knows right now. um you know what uh coach just said a minute ago he dresses twenty seven players regularly. Um, I know I've had the same conversation with Adam Holmes at Great Collegiate. They dress about 31, 32 players um, on the 2A level. And, you know, they're looking probably to get bumped up to 4A. You know, at that point, does it become a health concern? You, you play in teams with maybe 60 people and you got 30? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not smart enough to, to make those decisions. and But I do think the the landscape, we we got to figure something out. we got to make it. Fair for everyone, and that's going to be a hard balance to find. And like David said, I don't think we could get it right right now. I don't think this next two years are going to be it. I think four, six, eight years down the line, we we should get it right by then.
1: All right, let's run to the break. When we come back, we'll have Chris talk a little more about Dutch Fork because you were on the field for the entire game watching that. We'll hear from Tom Knotts. I can't wait to hear what he had to say. I'm sure he had some. Interesting things to say to you guys after the game. I want to hear from you about his mood and uh, everything else that went on after the game. Uh, That will happen after this break here on the high school scoreboard brought to you by Founders Credit Union here across the state of South Carolina. Be back in just a moment.
3: investing can be like a puzzle there's so many pieces to consider and it can be hard to know where to start but with the right guidance you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy that's where founders investment services come in our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance we'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future call 866-739-7064 or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn more about how we can help you take the first step to Towards reaching your financial goals. Securities offered through LPL Financial.
9: Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges in Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-2174 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs.
0: In South Carolina, funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Call lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with lawyer Lisa.
4: Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, Now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit lawyerlisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina.
1: Welcome back, everybody. High School Football Scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network on our final Friday night of the high school football season. A little while ago, Dutch Fork won another state championship, and they did so with impressive defense, 21-6. to They did not allow an offensive touchdown in this one. They defeat their region rival, White Knoll. They avenge a regular season loss to White Knoll. Uh, thanks to Chris Deering, we have some post-game audio from the head coach of Dutch Fork, Coach Tom Knotts. Here's what he had to say to the media shortly after that win. Don't
11: keep talking about two and five. We just won a state championship. Uh, you know, it was not very good at the beginning, but we found a way to turn it around and do things. Uh, Seniors for hanging in there with me and us and them, and uh, you know, we just got to turn around, we won a bunch in a row here at the end, and that's the way Dutch for place football. That's Coach, why we roll. Right. The, the, the defense, I told them, uh, they better get their butts, uh, butts right. Um, uh, you know, that's all we just didn't. We were flat for some reason. How are you flat in a state championship? So we just generated a little enthusiasm, the fans generated a little more enthusiasm, and uh. The defense was playing lights out the whole time, so and they really dominated the third quarter again, and enabled us to get three touchdowns. How proud are, you, are these guys? Uh, uh, you know, was, you know, any team that starts like what we did, you you know, it's tough. It was extremely tough, and we kept saying, you know, sometimes it's not just enough to show up. You got you know, you got to show up and excel. We just kept preaching the same message, maybe just a little bit different, and. Uh, you know, we got into a little bit easier stretch of the schedule and uh, started doing a little bit better and got a little confidence. You know, that that was a tough schedule at first. I don't know who scheduled that.
8: <laughs> if, what, keep
9: getting
11: sweeter. Well, this one is definitely uh, sweeter. You know, we beat Gaffney uh, last year to go to the finals or the year before. That was pretty sweet to beat Gaffney. Uh, they're all sweet, you know. They're, they're, each group has an identity of its own, and and, and and there's always something about every group. Well, this group is really different, but and that makes it special. But they've all been uh, they've all been special. Hopefully, we'll we'll reload next year. What's the identity of this group? What's that? Just resilience, you know. And, and refuse to quit. You know, I usually say refuse to lose, but this was refuse to quit, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud of that. Uh, you know, we were down even when we went in at halftime. I said, guys it's 6 nothing, We're going to win by a point because they missed the PAT, which is what we always talk about in meetings. And uh, so they seemed to be buoyed by that a little bit and came out. You know, we came out with a lot of energy, enthusiasm, played pretty good second half. Good What's that? Where would the beard go?
8: Or that beard? beard will be gone tonight by about midnight. <laughs> so, Satan said, "Winning like this is Satan uh, said it's no excuse why you can't win again year after year after something
11: like this." There's not an excuse, but I've always said success is a double-edged sword. You know, I think. My seniors this year thought, okay, i put on Dutch Fork hat and, uh, you know, everything's going to fall into place. Well, Colquitt, you know, showed us that that wasn't true. And then Huff and Spartanburg and, you know, all of a sudden we were in trouble and, you know, it's not enough to show up. You got to work and excel. What can you say about this group,
12: especially these seniors and how they battled this year to get to this finish?
11: Uh, well, they're, they're, they're a lot like me, a bunch of hard heads and, uh, you know, they were hard headed and I was hardheaded. but. I, but I'm always gonna win because 'cause I'm the coach and I you know, I finally convinced them of that and they gave in a little bit and I changed a little bit too. You know, you can teach old dog new tricks. I, I made some changes. I, I couldn't I just couldn't be in their face all the time and uh, that's kind of what i was doing because i i, I told him it's because i love them and i think they're you know they're here but they're right here playing down here at this level they got to play to a level where i expect them to play otherwise won't be on their ass
8: talk about hunt and what he did starter beginning of the season injured replaced a little bit now a state champion
11: well he's lost his job due to injuries both times mm-hmm. and uh and really, he didn't want to come out here at the end, but he split his fingers, going to need about eight stitches in there at, at the very end. So, you know, he's, he's still need to develop a little consistency, but, but when it when it counted, he hit those uh, boot passes with the guy over the middle and stuck it in the end zone down there. I'm, I'm real proud of the way, you know, I, talk, I coach quarterbacks hard. And he's always, yes, sir, no, sir, how can I get better? And he spent all his lunch periods with me uh, you know this week all of his lunch periods looking at film doing everything he could extra uh and I, i'm just love john hunt and just extremely proud of him.
1: okay that's the comments of tom knots we got a few seconds here before the bottom of the hour break chris deering what was it like on the field as dutch fork celebrated that championship
8: yeah you could tell tom knots was very happy about this one uh his eighth one overall at dutch fork but this might have been the most special, I believe, for him. Um, I, I Walking off the field, I walked back with him, and I, I, I grabbed him by the arm. I said, you know, that was just one hell of a coaching job. And he said, well, it might have been a crappy coaching coach job at the beginning of the year. He's like, but it was okay at the end. So uh, Tom Knotts did it again. I mean, what can you say about it? It's one of the greatest comebacks in, in South Carolina State football
1: history. Let's talk more about Tom Knotts, and we'll bring David in on this, and if Lou ever finishes up, he can jump over here as well. We'll be back after this break on the high school scoreboard. We are back on the high school football scoreboard brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union here in the state of South Carolina. Thank you so much for joining us and hanging in there with us on this Friday night, the last Friday night. You won't hear from us again on the scoreboard till next August. What are you going to do without high school football? David Shelton, what in your life is there possibly that brings you meaning other than high school football?
2: Uh, my grandkids. There
1: you go. There you yeah.
2: go. Yeah, without a doubt. I, 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 uh, I uh, definitely can – I'm ready for the football season to be over. Um, I'm not – I don't get really pumped into basketball until after Christmas. You know, when we have the – we have a bunch of holiday tournaments around Charleston. So, I start getting into the basketball mode after Christmas. So, I got North-South next week, Shrine Bowl the week after. Then I got a week for Christmas, then I'll get into basketball mode, but you know as Chris and blue and every we don't stop uh football's our favorite, but we don't stop it'll be it'll be spring before you know it and mm-hmm. and they're playing everything in the spring, so
1: it does it I'm looking forward a little bit to a break Def, definitely before we move forward and uh hear from Chad Wilkes about his win last night and then preview. Tomorrow's action, let's talk about Tom Knotts because I think it's worth talking about Tom Knotts and just, I mean, there's John McKissick, the bar, the John McKissick set with the all-time wins and everything else in the program he built at Somerville, David and Chris, but, um, and, and, you know, they're not quite there to that level of ne- of overall championships, but they're, they're closing in. I mean, what do you think about historically – Tom Knotts, where he reigns in this state with what he's done at a school that's only been around since 1992 playing football?
2: Well, uh, I'll say this, and, and I have the utmost respect for programs like Gaffney and, and Somerville, but in this era, in, in, and they all have their own eras, in, in this era of high school football, they're the best they're 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 i mean he is the best coach if i built a high school tomorrow and decided i wanted to have winning football i would pay the guy whatever he asked to be my head football coach now i mean he's probably only going to go a few more years because he wants to enjoy his retirement also but in this era of high school football let's say from 2000 on uh Uh, there's been none better. I mean, I don't know who you could argue, uh, especially the way, and they do it differently every year, and Chris can attest to this. Some years they're just crazy offensively, crazy, crazy, you know, throwing the ball all over the yard, you know, 3,000-yard passers, 2,000-yard rushers, and then some years they're okay, but they're really good on defense. Well, that was this year. That defense tonight, as as much as we ballyhooed the White Knoll defense and they and, and trust me, they're very good. But I mean, they were Bork was dominant on defense tonight. Like a hundred what
8: they have hundred and fourteen yards, White Knoll? I mean, that's a dominant performance. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Oh, absolutely. You know, talking to Nick Pelham after the game too, he said, you know, do not take anything away from Dutch Fork. They beat us offensively. They beat us defensively. They beat us in special teams. They won all facets of the game. And he was right. I mean, they were the better team tonight. And you're talking about Tom Knotts. Yeah, in this era, there's there's nobody that can challenge him, I don't think, Um you know, you're asking two two Berkeley High School graduates to compare him with John McKissick. I'm not getting into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's too much backlash that could come back on that one. Um, but you know, he's got 461 career wins now. I think. I mean, that that's a lot, and, and he he's he's the standard right now in the state of South Carolina. Um, I, you know, this year, just looking at this year, I I said back in October several times when when they were two and five, I said, nobody wants to see Dutch Fork in November. Mm. And and that turned out to be true. I mean, you look at what they did last week and I, you know, that's still to me amazing. They were down 10 points with a minute 20 to go and, and, and ended up winning that football game and then come out tonight and play the way they did. Um, and and Chris, what about
2: I I mentioned this earlier in the show. Their playoff run, you know, go to TL Hanna, win. That was a one loss team. Yes. Uh they they beat Gaffney, who is Gaffney. Then they then they beat uh
8: um, JL Man. Who'd they
2: beat? Yeah, who they beat who's the other fourth who was the fourth playoff win against? Uh,
8: it was uh, it was uh,
2: Hannah. It was Hannah, then somebody, then Gaffney. Um God, why am I drawing a blank? I said it earlier,
1: but anyway, their playoff run It was Maldon, state- it was Malden, Dorman, Spartanburg no. no, that's not right. Um, no. You know. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm a year okay. I'm just looking at the record book here and I'm a year off. Yeah, well you yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I was saying. But but well, no what you know. I'm saying
2: is yeah. they beat Hannah, Gaffney, Mann, and White Knoll. Well, if you put those combined records together where they have like
1: Four, four or five losses. Four or five losses. I mean, yeah, that's correct. Okay, they, they beat they, they beat just, Boiling Springs, Hannah, Gaffney, Man, huh? And then White Knoll. And then White Knoll. Uh, yes. That to me,
2: as impressive as coming back from two and five, they they beat the best teams in the upper state to get to the finals, and then they beat the best team in the lower state. So this was not a fluke. It's not like they were upset and they got a break in the schedule. they had to play some really good teams.
8: oh you yeah know, they played some great teams in this playoff run and uh, you know I was on the white and old bandwagon all season uh, and, and but people asked me this week who I was picking and on our website we, you know we, we we picked each game each championship and I actually wrote about the the 5a game and I, I just could not pick against Tom Knotts in the championship oh, yeah. i mean you know this is his 11th trip here in the last 12 years i mean again we have not seen anything like this in the state and, and it's just unprecedented and I, I again i'm not you you get to november i'm not betting against tom knots i'm just not doing it mm. and, and you know he he's told me that before when i've picked against him other times and he said oh you picked against me hon huh? i'm like you know, these coaches look and see what we do. I don't know why. I don't know why they care, but yeah. they do care. And, and yeah. he, he's got on me before for picking against him, but I, I've learned my lesson, you know. You don't have to teach me yeah, twice. Yeah, well,
2: I told Phil in, in in September, I said, I'm picking Dutch Fork to win the state championship because they don't lose in November. And, and you know, he was like, well, David, you know, there's, there's three and five, and, you know, what's going on? I'm like, don't worry about it. Mm. The, the people – The people I have learned in 36 years of this, I don't give a rat patootie about September football. I really don't. I go and cover the games. They mean nothing. The season starts October 1, and you go through your region, then you go through the next season, the playoffs, and that's when Tom Knott works his magic. And, again, what he did in November and into tonight, what that team did was just remarkable. They had to outscore J.O. Mann, and they defense was dominant tonight. You know, they they kicked up, they had good special teams. Uh, it's just amazing. And and you know, I, I I I'm like you. I ain't I ain't ever picked Somebody might beat Dutch Fork, but I ain't picking against them.
1: No, like I said, I learned that lesson real quick from both of you. How much longer do you think he'll go, Chris?
8: If I'm not mistaken, he's 67 years old. Um, I I don't honestly know how much longer he wants to do it. I mean, I know his son is, is a, a player at Dutch Fork. Uh, does he want to see his son all the way through? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I I don't know the answer to that. But but I I would probably give him three or four more years, and I think he hangs it up.
2: How about you, David? Yeah, yeah. I I, I say three years. I, isn't his son a freshman? I think um, so. Yeah, yeah. So so I think he probably wants to. To coach his son, but you know, you know, his son might wake up tomorrow and say, "Dad, I really don't want to play football anymore." And then that might tell him, you know, "Hey, hang it up, let's go uh-huh. to, Holly's Island and hang out." Uh-huh. But, um, but I, I would I would say three years max. Um, Any time between now and the next three years, um, because he does, he's a very healthy man. Uh, he does not look sixty-seven years old. He does not act sixty-seven years old. He likes his leisure time. And and I, I think, you know, get get his kids through high school, I, I think he would. Uh, there's already people down here talking about him coming to Wanda. I was like, well, no, I, 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 that's a no. I, I don't think he wants to go
1: through that for three years. Final score in the Pac-12 championship. Washington has just beaten Oregon 34-31. So I think they have stamped their ticket into the uh, playoff with that victory tonight going to a record of 13 and 0. We got to run to a break. We'll come back. We'll hear the comments of Chad Wilkes from their win yesterday, and then we'll get David and Chris's thoughts on the two games tomorrow. And if uh, Lou wants to join us, he can chime in as well, but he's over there still working away. He's Lou, he's Scoop, he's hardest working man in the business. He's dedicated. Not a play. This is not playtime for Lou. Probably on a deadline, too. You guys still have deadlines? Uh, We'll be back after the break.
3: Looking for a way to fight back against inflation? One viable way to help your money stay relevant during inflation is through investing. To a new investor, investing can feel like a puzzle. With so many pieces to consider, it can be hard to know where to start. But with the right guidance along the way, you can put the pieces together to create a winning strategy. That's where Founders Investment Services come in. Our team of financial advisors can help you navigate the complexities of investing and create a personalized plan that fits your goals and risk tolerance. We'll work with you to identify the pieces of your puzzle and how they fit into your financial future. When you're ready to find the pieces to your financial plan, call 866-739-7064 to speak with one of our specialists or visit foundersfcuinvestments.com to learn about how we can help you identify the key pieces to your financial plans. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC, and not NCUA insured. Not guaranteed by credit union and may lose value.
5: Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com.
6: Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- Seven four nine nine one seven one 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs.
12: Hello, friends. This is David Shelton, co-host of the Friday Night Scoreboard Show with Phil Cornbluth. As many of you know my story, I've lost two sons to drug overdoses in the past 10 years. I want to tell you about my friends at Wake Up Carolina. Wake Up Carolina is a nonprofit recovery community organization dedicated to providing awareness, promoting education, and creating hope in recovery for our young adults, individuals, and families touched by substance use through collaborative community partnerships, trusted resources, and support services in Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties. The organization relies on private donors and state funding to make sure all their resources are free and open to the public. Call them today if you know someone who needs assistance. That's wakeupcarolina.org, phone number 843-972 8154. Don't wait until it's too late.
1: Welcome back final segment this year of the High School Football Scoreboard. Before we get crowded, let me just thank everybody. Thank you to all the affiliates. Thank you to all the reporters that called in. Thank you to David Shelton. Thank you to uh, J.P. Barry, Joshua Cohen, handled uh, producing. It's not an easy show to produce, especially when we're all over the place doing stuff. So, thank you. Thank you to all the teams and coaches and players and parents and officials and um, – people that cut the grass and people that do the concessions and people that do the parking that make it all happen. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to interject. Thank you for, for having this show. Oh, you know,
8: it's, it's great to listen to every Friday night, driving in somewhere. And uh, thank you for all you do.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for thanking me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's ever thanked me, but I appreciate that. Before Lou joins us, uh, here is Coach Chad Wilkes. Last night, Oceanside Collegiate and Great Collegiate, they locked up in a classic, and Oceanside won at 35-28. Coach of the O, Chad Wilkes.
12: Chad, you talk about resiliency. All, all year long you've been talking about yeah. how you're ta- – and you're down 14 nothing in the state championship game. I mean, you, could, <laughs> you couldn't
13: have felt really good. I mean, I, I, but I think I told you after Wade Hampton, or Hampton County, the exact same thing. They just keep fighting like and that's been our motto all year has been. We're going to keep punching whether we're up 21 down 21. We're going to keep punching and they just continue to do that. All year, even in a couple games we lost, they kept punching the entire time. And, I mean, I just i don't even know what to say. I'm so proud of those kids. They just they show up every single day. They outwork people, and they won this game on heart. It ain't talent. We got one dude that benches over 250 pounds. We got three dudes that run under a four eight five forty and we just won a state championship because they outwork people.
6: What about your freshman tonight?
13: I mean, I, I told somebody just now, I was like, or I even told our coach on the headset, I'm like a fan watching them, like, he amazes me with what he can do. I wish I was in the stands and could just watch him play a little bit. He is such a such a special player. He's elite. I've been saying it all year. He had an injury you know, and got to learn behind our senior quarterback, but when he went down, he just continued to grow every single playoff game with a couple other quarterbacks, Tanner Swisher and Will Virgilio that we played, and he just continued to grow and grow and grow. For a freshman to do that on that stage is something special, and he is special.
12: Uh- tough without Ben tonight, I mean, that, that, I mean that's got to be, that was a shock to the yep. system, I'm sure.
13: Yep, and we won anyway. When how about that? When did we find out? Uh, right before the game. And we won anyway. Yeah. So, hey,
1: tell us something, huh? How about that last drive? Take us through what you guys were talking about and uh, how you moved it down the field.
13: Yeah, well, the, the big play was the fourth down.
1: I, I, oh. I'm sorry. The big play was the fourth
12: down. Um, you were saying yeah,
13: yeah, so the big play was the fourth down. And we called a timeout to get it kicked. And that is right at our kicker's range. And we missed one earlier. And when I, when we were we were 100% going to run. I didn't even have a play in my mind. And we ran him out there. I was like, nah, not with that quarterback. We're going to go for it. And, of course, he made it happen on the fourth and five. We knew we had a good play call that we've been saving for that specific situation. Just a little curl flat concept to the way they were playing into the boundary. We knew it was going to be out there all day. And I trusted that kid to go make a play. And Will Virgilio, and he did it.
12: And you said, you said during the week that you felt like y'all could – do some things in the air yeah. and, at, and at some point you just said to heck with the run let's just throw it around
13: yeah 100 and we well we knew we we're going to do that going into the game it was tech with the run before we ever started um you know and again that's because our receivers are so good i think there's a little bit of a misconception against gray gray's a great team their advantage against us was up front you know they, they've got a great defensive line a really good offensive line good running backs we felt like we had an advantage on the edge and i think we proved it tonight are you just
10: stunned with what happened? I mean, with everything, with the guys that didn't play and everything, are you just kind of, like, stunned right now?
13: I mean, I guess to a degree I'm stunned. It doesn't surprise me because I know how hard they work and I know how great of kids they are. I know the, the just the effort they put in every day, the amount of fight that they have. We've been talking all year, we're just going to keep punching, down 14, up 14, doesn't matter, and they've continued to do that all year. It's unbelievable. When you guys get down 14 nothing. what are you telling them? Oh, it's the same thing. We, we've been here before. We've been down plenty of times this year. We've been plenty, down plenty of times since I've been kiddie. here. And that group of kids never quit. We never won. We never wavered. Our kids, I didn't even have to say anything. We've got seniors going up and down the sideline, down 14 nothing, saying, We've been here before. No big deal. And we went and made a play.
10: I say Aiden and you say?
13: Special. Special. I've never seen anything like I mean, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. He is an elite. He has elite traits that I would put against, up against any freshman anywhere in the country at that quarterback position. And he showed it again tonight.
1: All right, there you go, Chad Wilkes. And boy, a freshman quarterback like that, that's exciting for the future. Lou has joined us, Lou Bajak from the States. Welcome, sir. What's your thoughts on what you've seen here the last couple of nights?
6: Pretty good high, high level football. I know that the first game today was a little. Got got a little out of hand, but uh, to to uh, the 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 first game yesterday, the uh, Oceanside Gray game. I know people were complaining, you know, charter. Well, that was a great football game. Bottom line, I don't care what what your point of view uh, and stance on on charter schools. That was great, great football game and a great ending Uh, tonight. uh, Dutch Fork. Uh, one of the more dominant defensive performances in the second half, you'll see. Um, holding uh, White knot to uh, like 50 some yards of offense in the second half. And given number, uh, Tom Knotts, uh, number 15, uh, as he climbs up, continues to uh, compile championships. Incredible, incredible performance uh, defensively by them. Let's turn our attention
1: to tomorrow. David, uh, give us your thoughts on the two games tomorrow first the uh, 4A championship and then the 3A.
2: Well, I think the 4A has potential for – well, I think both games have potential for, for some points. Um, it won't
1: be like, at night, like tonight,
2: although South Florence does have a really good defense. They score on defense. They score on special teams. But they're going up against an offense that scores a lot of points through the air. So I think it's a great matchup in terms of what each team's strength is. Um, I think if South Florence can hold Westside to – you know, 28 points or less, I think South Florence wins the game uh, because I think they'll find a way to score. Westside's defense is, is okay but not great. So, I think South Florence can find a way to, you know, if they run the football, uh, that, that Westside offense stays on the sideline, it's going to be a long day for Westside. And then the last game, um, I, I think it's two teams that have played each other third time in four years uh, for the state title. Uh, it's going to be a lot of emotion. It's going to be very physical. Camden is a very physical team. Daniel's a very physical team. I think that's going to be a really good football game. Chris,
8: um, going to the, the 4A game at 12 o'clock tomorrow, uh, you know, weather may end up being a factor in that one. Uh, we might get some rain moving in here, and, and if it does, that probably favors South Florence a little bit more I do think they're going to come out and want to run the football I know just a year ago we, we watched Buford win a state championship without throwing a pass uh, South Florence might do the same thing tomorrow uh, they're going to try to run the football and try to slow down that, that west side passing attack Cutter Woods is one of the best you know one of the better quarterbacks in this state he throws it all over the field uh, and then tomorrow night, Camden and Daniel, this Daniel senior class, one loss in four years. I mean, that's, that's an impressive run right there in itself. Uh, they're going for their third title in four seasons. Um, but Camden, I think, is playing their best football right now. They played a tough schedule. Um, they they lost to, to Hartsfield. They lost to Great Collegiate. They lost to Crestwood. But I think right now they're playing their best f- football. And, and Grayson White's a guy that's been there before. And, but I think that's going to be a great game. I think on paper both of these games are pretty evenly matched, and I think that's what we're we'll going to see tomorrow in both contests.
1: All right. Lou, what do you think?
6: Yeah, it should be great. Uh, you're talking about Grayson White, and not, not your prototypical quarterback. Um, and I think Dabo Sweeney called him pork chop at a camp this summer. I mean, 250-pound quarterback who squats over 500 pounds and benches over 300. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to see him against the Daniel defense and see the Cam Camden, how they match up against Daniel's offense. And uh, like Chris said, uh, South Lawrence has kind of changed their identity this year with no Lenore Sellers. They've gone more to a running offense, basically a wildcat with the uh, Livingston Um who came over from Mullins and who's had a huge uh, second half to the season. So that should be fun. Uh, and I'm uh, excited to see Cutter <clears throat> Woods for the first time in person. And they got the big stud defensive tackle, Amir Adams. Who be, be be big weekend for Amari. Yeah. We might not, does he pronounce we, it Amari. I, I
1: think so.
8: Yeah. We'll I mean, have college, coach, uh, college coaches on the sideline tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think believe. the whole
6: Gamecock staff will be here uh, and uh, see what other uh, schools uh, show up, pull up to Oliver Dawson Stadium uh, tomorrow.
1: Well, David Shelton, my friend, thank you as always. Yes, it's been another great year of the high school scoreboard. I don't know how many it is. I quit counting about 25 years ago, but I look forward to 2024. Me too. I hope I'm around, and if I am, I'll be right
2: here sitting in my living room at my desk talking to you till midnight on Friday night.
1: (laughs) And at ball games, of course. And thanks to uh, Chris and thanks to Lou. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate all the reporters who've been with us throughout the season. And, again, thanks to uh, J.P. Barry and uh, Josh Cohen for producing throughout the season. Thanks to Founders Federal Credit Union and all our sponsors for being a part and also, congratulations to South Carolina State for a great job this weekend running the high school championship games to this point. Have yourselves a great rest of your weekend. We say good night from the high school scoreboard.